Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Matt Rice. And I am Chris Bartlett. Chris, you were caught off guard there a little bit. That was kind of funny. Well, sorry. I was actually uh, playing a game on my phone. I've been real distracted this week um, because I'm stressed out. I've got this big retreat coming up that I'm leading. <laughs> yeah. and so I've been kind of going to my phone and just kind of just getting a little downtime here and there. You know what I mean? Guys, Chris is actually lying. He was not playing on his phone at all, but that was his perfect, like that was his cheesy way to segue into the topic that we're going to cover today. Why ruin it? It was a beautiful <laughs> setup. All right, guys. So Chris and I have had some pretty stressful times in ministry lately. And I noticed personally what my tendency was to, to run away, to escape, or, or like inside I felt the desire to run away, to escape. And I thought, you know what, this is something that, that we don't talk about often as ministry leaders that we hadn't talked about yet on the radio, on the radio, on the podcast. And it's something that I think all of us struggle with. And sometimes we succumb to it. And so I wanted to get it out there, get it out into the light and for us to talk about so, Chris, what did this spur in your head when I first mentioned it to you? Well, I think that there's healthy ways of addressing things. I also think there's a danger because sometimes downtime is vital. We've talked about the need to take a break, take a breath. Um, but when we're escaping things, and we, we do that all the time, we see people um, that, that use alcohol, that mm-hmm. use, uh, <laughs> I, like, I like the phrase, someone said, don't say XXX, say not safe for work, because it means so many more things, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that use not safe for work, that, that binge watch. I think that there's a lot of industries that actually succeed in allowing people to withdraw or escape their current reality. I think gossip sometimes even is people escaping their current reality and entering to, into the drama of someone else's. And I think as ministers, we can fall into that as well. And, and it's not it's not just procrastination. It's actually there's something serious that needs addressed and instead of turning to God for the healing or to bring the issue to God, we go ahead and we, uh, we delay that and we just kind of escape it in some way. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I struggle with, you know, when, when I get stressed out is like, oh, I can't wait till five o'clock so I can have a beer, you know, or I can't wait until five o'clock and I can have a glass of wine or four. And that I catch myself, I hear that and I'm like, okay, why do I want that? You know, that's more than just leisure. That's, I, I want that to to numb myself in a way. And it's not like I'm getting blitzed or anything like that, but just something to to take the edge off of the day or whatever. And I know that that's not healthy. I hear that and I'm like, okay, that's not the right reason to go grab a drink. And this is what we're not, we're talking about here. Like you've mentioned this a couple of times as far as leisure and rest. We're not talking about that. Like there's a difference between leisure and rest and vacation and taking time off. That is absolutely healthy. And that, that needs to be a part of, our spiritual life. But what we're talking about is when you catch yourself running away, and and you may run away to video games, you may run away to unhealthy uh, viewing habits, you know, or even sinful viewing habits, you may run away to uh, fantasies, Um, you may run away to alcoholism. But what is it that your that your tendency is to run away to? And, and what do you have in place to, to, to check that? Fair enough. Yeah. And I see some people even running away to, uh, to sleep or different pieces like that where withdrawing is literal withdrawing, literal isolation. And the crazy thing is, is Matt, sometimes when I'm super stressed out, I have a harder time getting out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. I've struggled off and on with the depression, different levels of depression for some time. And sometimes I kind of just let let that take the wheel a little bit. And yes, I understand that I don't have as much control over the, the depression monster as I, I would like to think. 
But there's also this driver in me. It's like, well, you've got a lot to do. Let's get out of bed and go tackle the day. And then there's the part of me that's like, oh, but it's a giant and I'm just a little David. How do (laughs) I take down this guy? You know? And so then I just, I get paralyzed by it. And I think that's kind of escaping it as well. I don't want to call it procrastination, but almost a a despair that I allow to kind of, I wear despair. Mm. And because it rhymes, it's true. (laughs) Can you explain that a little bit better? Like, what do you mean by wear despair? I don't believe that despair is my natural, my natural disposition. Okay. And in fact, if you met me day to day to day, you would say that I'm a very optimistic person. Yeah, you would almost never see that. Yeah. Yeah. There can be mornings where all of a sudden I realize, oh my gosh, I've got all this stuff to do. I'm overwhelmed or I'm so stressed about this one meeting. I don't want to face the day, so I'm going to stay in bed. And just rest my eyes a little bit or just ho-hum a little bit more. And that's what I mean. I mean, I wear it because I choose to put it on. You know, two feet on the floor is all it would take to shake it. And then you just go brush your teeth and you're good to go. But that's not always the case for everyone. But sometimes I escape into kind of that, that sadness that I have a tendency towards and that I've had a tendency towards kind of throughout my life. But sometimes I allow it, I invite it into my life a little bit deeper. Yeah. So we've we've talked a little bit about the ways that we escape. And so I, I typically will escape to a substance, you know, whatever. Like typically it's tobacco or drinking, you know, and that's the that's my tendency to turn towards that to just run away. Um, we've you've mentioned we've mentioned video games, you know, and that type of thing as an escape from the real world. Not just leisure. Leisure is good. But when, you, when you're looking forward to just getting away in, in an unhealthy way, what are, what are some other ways that people may escape from their world, their reality, when they're stressed out? So for me, uh, viewing. Sometimes I'll binge watch. Uh, other times it's, it's things that I shouldn't be viewing. Um, sometimes it's sugar. Like I'll escape into... Um, a sugar rush. Ice, ice cream. Oh, and not necessarily a sugar rush. It's not like I'm pounding sugar just to get that little sugar high. It's delicious. Bluebell ice cream, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's good. It's is amazing. Um, and my heart is going to stop because of it. You know, so <laughs> there's there's a danger in every aspect. Anything that we consume, even if it's a good thing, you can drown by drinking water. Water, yeah. you gotta have, you know, twelve glasses a day and blah, 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 blah. But not twelve glasses all at once. And so there's there's this kind of prudence and and, and, and we're not talking moderation here. We're talking about using something to escape or not deal with something else. Yep. And so, and, and some of us can even do that with our spouses. But I see when I get into the escapist mentality, which, by the way, the escapist is also a video game, which I've escaped to uh, before. Anyways, um, the... the <laughs> Are you inceptioning this uh, escapism? I just did. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but the escapist mentality, it can turn... Like, I've even found myself like wanting to get my kids to bed as quickly as possible just so I can get back down and jump on a video game or so I can get back down and just be away from the noise so I can just be stressed out on my own. Like to the degree that I have a very short fuse, they see angry dad. And so angry dad comes out when I want to escape. And that's not, that's not my vocation. Yep. Angry dad. And for me, lazy dad, you know, comes out. And for me, a lot of this is procrastination. Like I see that big monster that I have to tackle or I've been stressing about this big thing or whatever. And I just, I just want to deal with it right now. I, like I'm going to I'll mess with that tomorrow. Escape into whatever I can escape into today. You, you brought up something that made me laugh because sometimes escapism may be a good thing. You know, so you and I have, you know, talked 
quite extensively offline about, you know, no fun period about NFP, you know, like we are wholeheartedly behind NFP, but sometimes we absolutely need to escape into Rainbow Six Siege in order to make it past whatever frustration we have that night. Yeah, yeah but the, the challenge is, and this is where I think even NFP, natural family planning, would push back, is during those times um, where there's NFP, no fun permitted, you need to still be being intimate with your spouse in non-physical ways. True. And that's where uh, Settlers of Catan might come in. or other, <laughs> with, with your other... spouse? There's no way you can play Settlers with your spouse and, and that be a good thing for your marriage. There's a dice edition my wife and I have had a, had a lot of fun with, and uh, and she's such a good sport. So yeah, my wife and I do enjoy the board games, but but it, but it's very difficult. You know, it's extremely difficult. And, but I mean, your yeah. your counter like is valid. Like again, that's another type of escapism, like escaping from the real struggle of um, of a virtuous marriage to video games instead of spending time together in another way. Yes. You know, and that's and that's that's a, that's the kind of escapism that we're talking about here. Are we are we running away from something when we should be, you know, facing it in a new way or in another direction or just facing it? Period. I believe that sometimes sitting in it is a good thing too, because our society says that suffering is bad. Yeah. But our Lord showed us that suffering is redemptive, and so sometimes, like you know, oh, just bring it to Jesus. If you just had enough faith, it would be fixed or whatever it is. You know, <laughs> Shut up. all those. All those different things. Well, I know, I know. This isn't know, God is not I dead know. too. But we, we have to remember that sometimes suffering is the opportunity. We don't need to escape it, but yeah. we need to be present in it and allow Christ. We get united to Christ in that suffering. And so sometimes being a follower of Christ sucks. Yeah. And sometimes that's the very thing we need to be further united or a deeper follower of Christ. Yeah, and I found some of my, my most fruitful prayer times to be when I catch myself like saying, God, I can't wait till I get home and can have a glass of wine or whatever. And I, and I just sit there and I'm like, wait a second, why, <laughs> you know, why do you want that? Like, what is it that you're escaping from? And then actually having that conversation with Christ, like talking to him and saying, Jesus, why do I want this? Like, what is it about this situation that is so painful that I just want to run away from it? And, and why, like, am I relying on myself too much here? You know, why am I not just embracing this with you? You know, because there's something, there's something broken there in me when that, when that happens. I don't always get an answer in, in, at least not in, a, a, not in that moment, but um, it definitely helps for me to have that conversation. The gift of bringing it to the Lord. And, and this is going to sound weird, but even just giving uh, Christ our first fruits, like here, I'm struggling with this or I'm really stressed out and I want to escape it. I'm going to give you the first fruits and like allow you to have your first chance at resolving this. And uh, we're going to work through it together. And if I end up succumbing to the temptation to escape, I'm not going to for another hour. I'm not going to for another day. I'm going to allow you to have that first chance to journey with me in this and inviting him in. And I think even if we fail or falter after that, we've allowed kind of Christ in initially yeah. And of course, it's not Christ being like, nope, you got this. You know, Jesus isn't up there waiting for us to fail or anything like that. It's definitely on our end. But I feel like sometimes we need to we need to wrestle a little bit more. And, and that is something that I need to work on more instead of running away from that match, that, that wrestling. And I think that the more we do that, and again, this is practice, which builds habit, which builds virtue, you know, and the more we do that, the 
further, I don't know, the better we will get at handling stress. Um, and it, it will, it will just happen. But the, the tough thing about it is at the very beginning, when you first start to recognize that, that I feel like is the, is the toughest part is noticing or recognizing when you are escaping. Cause I, I didn't even notice it for years that every day I'd come home and have a glass of wine. Um, every day, like that's, that's not healthy. That's not good. And I say a glass of wine. We, we, like Chris, Chris knows it was three or four. <laughs> I'm laughing because literally last night I'm sitting there on the couch. My mother-in-law is in town. We've got this beautiful newborn baby. And, uh, and I'm, I'm like, hey, do you want some ice cream? She's like, no. And then I'm sitting there eating ice cream uh, out of the carton, literally out of the carton. Because <laughs> there was just enough left, you know, two servings. So I'm sitting there eating it. And she goes, do you have ice cream every night? And I said, no, not every night. Just every night that we have ice cream in the house, and then I have to wait until we buy some more. But you're, you're sitting there, this glass of wine. Like, once my kids go to bed, I'm like, I want to go ahead and experience pleasure. But the thing is, is then all of a sudden I get the sugar rush, and then I'm up for at least another two, two and a half hours. Then I'm sleep deprived the next day, and it's this vicious cycle, all because I just want, I just want comfort. It's not so much escape. But I'm escaping into the comfort of ice cream. Yeah, someone out there feels me. I know one of oh, our listeners is like, "Oh yeah, you know." Yeah. And I, this is, I mean, this isn't just us. I know, I know it's not just us, you know. But that it took a while for me to recognize that that's what I was doing. That I was escaping from whatever it was I was feeling or whatever it was I was dealing with. And I, I think it's going to. It takes everybody different lengths of time to figure out what types of responses they have to these stressful situations and which ones are healthy and which ones aren't. So then let me ask you this. Um, do you still struggle with wine specifically as a escape mechanism? Absolutely. And, and especially the desire for it. So I, I notice the desire more often and I, I curb myself more often than I ever have in the past. And I think that that recognition you know, in, in starting to do that, what you were saying, starting to bring Christ into it first before yes. I succumb, it happens a lot more frequently now. But that, that came with self-awareness, understanding, and, and it came through prayer to realize, you know, what areas in my life, you know, Christ wanted to work on at that time, you know? Because, like, I think perfection is the goal, right? He wants us to be perfect as the Heavenly Father is perfect, Right. But we're not going to get there this side of heaven. And he's not going to want it all today. The way that he's worked in my life is he's worked on the big crap at the beginning. And then the, like, I forget the, oh, the scripture, make straight the paths, starting with mountains, making them low, right? And then smoothing out the road and then making the path straight. I feel like it's a gradual thing that it, like he works on, I don't know, more fine-tuned stuff the closer we get to him. So I, I just, I want to push back because you hit on my least favorite Bible verse. <laughs> you don't want to be perfect? No, Christ literally says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And then you go back and you read the Latin and perfectus actually means complete. Because I read that and I just want, I'm a, I'm a seven-year-old trying to please my heavenly father. Mm, Did yeah. I do right? Did I earn your love? Did I behave? Now am I worthy? And that's how I read that, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. It yeah. seems completely unattainable. But then if I think about it and reflect on it, like, okay, it means to be complete. And then I pair that with St. Paul in Second Corinthians 12, 
where uh, he boasts of his weakness, for in the weakness he is strong, because it makes room for Christ. I use this kind of analogy, this mental image of a big chunk of Swiss cheese, like a good, delicious chunk of aged Swiss cheese, and it's got these holes in it. And those holes exist, making the block incomplete. The only way that that block is complete is if Christ comes in and fills those holes, those gaps, those openings. And so the only way we can truly be perfect, can truly be complete, can truly be whole, is if we allow Christ into that space, that space that was literally built in us for Christ to reside. And when we escape, we put something else in that hole other than Christ. And in doing so, that pushes Christ, just by physics, pushes Christ out of that space, even if it's just temporarily. Right. But but the the challenge is, is there is room for wine, (laughs) wine and cheese, right? There's room (laughs) for that in our lives responsibly. Uh, you know, and, and wine for you could mean ice cream or, you know, whatever. What, Even, I mean, what video is games, we, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, responsibly. It, it can't be, it can't necessarily be whatever. Because if it's like pornography, oh, something sure. that's objectively sinful or objectively yeah, yeah, bad, yeah. we have to cut it out. And sometimes we do that. We turn to very negative things. If it's gossip, no, we can't do that. But there's other things that we can use responsibly where instead of using to escape, which is irresponsible use. Yep. And so how does one move from escaping with a bottle of wine or a carton of ice cream to responsibly, this sounds so weird, to responsibly using ice cream or responsibly <laughs> using wine. Um, because there's times where you responsibly, I have had a libation with you, Matt, where it was responsibly used. It was properly ordered. Absolutely. And it wasn't, it, it wasn't done as escapism. It was done in fellowship and whatnot. Um, I think a lot of it is the intention behind it. You know, what are you, what are you doing it for? Like, why are you partaking of it at least for me you know that's that's it's my intention behind it if no one else is with me i'm sitting around in the house and i'm upset or angry or sad or whatever that's not the time to grab a drink but it but i could be in the same situation be in a perfectly fine mood just wanting to sit down and watch a movie and i grab a glass of wine that's not a problem even if i'm alone you know right but, you know, it's it's all about the intention and you know the the mental space that I'm in and where I am spiritually for sure. So, and that may be I don't know if that sounds rationalistic, you know, or anything like that, but I think it definitely depends on where I am. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But then then the pushback would be so you can only drink wine when you're in a good mood. Is that it? Can you not responsibly use wine when you're in a bad mood? Like, let's just say you're going out to a dinner party, your wife and you getting a little tiff on the car ride in. Now you're in a sour mood and you walk into a room full of people and they hand you a glass of wine. Hey, welcome, Matt. And you're like, I can't, you know, or how, how does it work in, in regards to it? Because then it's almost like you can only drink when you're happy. You can only eat ice cream when you're happy. And that, that's not the that's human not, condition. Yeah, and that's not, that's not what I would say either. But I don't know how to respond to the statement you just said. I don't know how to respond to that. I mean, obviously, I would have a glass of wine there. Right. Well, plus, you and your wife never fight, so it's a very confusing <laughs> thing to even imagine. <laughs> yeah, good one. I think every husband and wife fights. If they, if they say they don't, then I think they're liars. Or, or, or they never talk. At the time. Or yes. they're drunk. <laughs> They've already escaped fully. <laughs> Um, so that's where I'm, you know, at the end of the day, I'm tired. And at the end of the day, I'm tired and stressed, right? And I enjoy relaxing, playing video games. And sometimes the two hour gaming sessions that I have are not appropriate, regardless of whether I'm in a good mood or a bad mood, regardless of whether I'm playing online with people and there's a lot of fellowship going on, or if I'm just gaming by myself, like a certain amount is, is inappropriate regardless. But 
If I'm just tired and I'm playing video games just to relax for a little bit, have a little downtime, it's, it doesn't make it all that different from if I'm not tired and in a good mood playing. I'm still just trying to take a chill for a bit. But sometimes yeah. that chill gets blended. And so my question, I guess I would propose to the listener and to you is, you know, examining, bringing it to God and saying, okay, how am I using this glass of wine or how am I consuming this media? Lord Jesus, do you need me to be present to you, you know, in a, in a different way? Yeah. And if I've abused ice cream all my life, how do I go ahead and, and move forward? Do I need to cut out ice cream for a time yep. in order to reestablish a relationship with ice cream that's ordered? Yeah. And that might be the case more often than not. <laughs> it's funny that you're using ice cream as this as an example, but maybe that maybe you really do have that kind of a relationship with ice cream. <laughs> maybe that's just a word you're using instead of something else. <laughs> I, I don't know if I was born this way or if uh, if it was kind of nurture, but I've always have had a disordered tendency towards ice cream. <laughs> Don't shame me. This is this is who I am. You know. Anyway, sorry. I'm just bringing a lot oh, into man. it. If it's something that that you and even like, uh, this is probably a different topic. Different topic. But if it's something that you go to before you go to Christ, that could very easily be an escape. If you're if you're trying to find that escape, like what it is, what is it that you go to before you go to Him? Mm. And I love that as almost our definition for what it means to escape. Something yeah. you go to before you go to Christ. Yeah. Because if you go to Christ first, and then you go ahead and you have a glass of wine with your wife, do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's absolutely. Ordered. That's ordered. Yeah. And if you go to him first, and then you sit down and you enjoy a, an appropriate show or appropriate media. Well, and, um, and so in my case, you know, I may have that desire, God, I can't wait till I get home so I can have four or five glasses of wine. Notice how it's creeped up over the the podcast. It started out with one or two, then it went to two or three. Getting real. Now it's to the real real number. But then if I go to Christ first, it may turn into one or two. You know? And and it may may become ordered like it should. And it should become ordered like it should in that that way. Well, I think think the ordering happens before you approach the the item, whether it be media or a substance or, you know, any, any type of leisure, I think that it becomes ordered beforehand. And, and there's, there's times like we, after a powerful moment on a retreat on like a Saturday night, we always have a celebration time. And it's a lot of times involves ice cream or sweets or different things like that. And that's totally ordered. It's time. There's time to celebrate. There's time to rejoice. There's time to go ahead and crack open the banquet table. There's also a time to mourn and lament. And I think about King David, you Mm -hmm. know, what if he was using music to escape? And now we have the entire book of Psalms because of his, <laughs> because those Psalms are varied, but some of them are lamenting and kind of angry at God and things like that. And so he literally brought the tool, assuming that he used it as kind of an escape tool, to God. And then God went ahead and said, okay, my child, use this tool in an ordered way. Yeah. And, and for years, daily, priests have been going ahead and reciting the Psalms, the, the, the music that King David wrote. Yep. And it glorifies. And there's this lasting thing. So there's almost this redemptive value. And I'm not saying that you can go ahead and save souls through drinking wine. Although I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure, it's, I'm sure that it has happened. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, the uh, conversations, but, uh, yeah, conversations we've had around a glass of wine. Yes, conversations yeah. you've had around a tub of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> of that, it just keeps getting yeah. bigger, like your your yeah. wine thing yeah. around a vat of ice cream. <laughs> I, I I just imagine the listeners who haven't met me yet, just imagining this guy 
just is like all puffed up, like just okay, another thing <laughs> of ice cream. You know, I <laughs> I ran six hundred miles last year. I've 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 earned a little bit of ice cream. I didn't earn all the ice cream that I ate, but <laughs> okay. Nevertheless, I'm insecure. Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. I believe that King David is a great example of someone who maybe used a tool that people could escape into and turned it towards God, and, and it has made a lasting impact. And the tool itself wasn't always like, God is great. Yay, thank you, God. Yeah. Sometimes I lament, I tear up my flesh. I am so frustrated, God, where are you? Yeah. And God's like, yep, Pulling. that's anointed. Put it in the Bible. I mean, I mean, along the same lines, it's saying the same thing. If my tendency to escape is to go be alone. Okay, what if, like, again, what if you go and you're alone and you're writing? Again, I mean, you're alone, but you're writing, and that, and what you're writing becomes fruit for other people or whatever. Same, same sort of thing you're saying. What if my tendency to escape is to just surround myself with people, right? Doesn't matter who they are. Well, if you if you take that to Christ first, it very easily could be a time for evangelism or or whatnot. It could be a time for Bible study, you know, or or something else that becomes fruitful, becomes ordered, rather than just being for the sake of being around people. And and it's okay to withdraw. And yeah. it's okay that, that you know, David's escape, in, in my analogy, which is all speculation, but his turned into a fruitful ministry. You know, he yep. brought it to the Lord, and it turned into fruitful ministry. It is okay to withdraw. Christ withdrew. He withdrew. He got poured into, reconnected with the Father, connected deeply to the Father, and then and then continued to pour out. And so that those times are okay. Yep. Um, the the question is is how do we appropriately deal with the mess that ministry is the mess that humanity is when it weighs on us I I have a friend of mine who is you know I can't save them I can't save them all and and it was about all these teens that were struggling in real ways and and his wife said to him said you can't even save us like and we're the mm. ones you're supposed to save and it was just this eye opening thing of how things had gotten so disordered that you were just chasing and so we have to withdraw in ministry we have to invite Christ in yeah. And we're still a mess. I don't Absolutely. know if we've, if we've moved the needle anywhere on and, it in regards to it. And I don't know who this was for. I mean, obviously this was put on my heart a couple of days ago that we needed to talk to, talk about. It, it may be for every single ministry leader listening and, and many others who are out there. But you're, you're not alone in the, the draw or the desire to escape when you're faced with a stressful situation. Um, hopefully what we've shared here helps you not feel alone and helps give you some tools and equips you on how to respond when you recognize yourself doing the same thing. If you have something that you want to talk about on, on this, if you if you want to bounce ideas off of other people, how do you respond to that desire to escape? Please, if it's, if it's something you can share publicly, do it on our Facebook page facebook.com slash group slash MLA podcast. If it's something you want to have a little bit more of a private conversation, please feel free to email us, mla.blazeyouth.org. That comes straight to me. Um, and if it's if it's for Chris, you can just put Chris in the subject line and I'll forward it on to Chris. Um, anything else, Chris? No, I, I think that's beautiful. I believe that there's more to this topic than, than what we were able to do. We were able to name the problem and not give anything other than just perspective. And I want yep. us to actually be able to provide solutions. Yep. Um, and so if you guys have an idea, hey, this person's really good. He's spoken on that. I've seen him at a conference before or whatever. Please, I feel like this is part one of two. It needs to yes. be part one of two. Absolutely. Um, but I think what we do here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous is we open up the discussion for the woundedness that exists among ministers 
And I think that it's okay for us to bring those things up, even if we don't know the answer, because we'll journey together. Yeah, absolutely. So, so on that, here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and reflect on how you're using different things in your life if they're properly ordered. We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless.